Well, good morning, good morning, everybody, and happy Easter, and welcome to the 3CR Gardening Show. My name is A.B. Bishop, and um, I'll be your host for today, but with me in the studio are two amazing people that I'm very excited to catch up with, and the first is our fruit guru, Graham Morrison, and the second is our perennial guru, perennial plant guru, Meryl Johnson. So welcome, guys. Good morning, everyone. Thank you very much. Beautiful autumn morning. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, oh yes. yes, Meryl, you were just saying that you come from um, West Gippsland. West Gippsland, so an hour and a half's drive away. Oh, that, that, that's um, that's dedication, yeah. so thank you. Oh, already. Well, <laughs> it's just lovely to be back here and hear that jaunty music and be back with the fellow gardeners. It's been a long, sort of lonely gardening life. It has been long and lonely in a sense, but I think a lot of people have um, come to gardening in a oh, new way. Oh, very much so. Which is it's quite huge. exciting for everyone. I, I know at um, I, I work at Karanga um, Native Nursery, and I know that we sold out of a lot of plants, and then had a lot of trouble getting more stock in. Yes, so the same with our perennial plants. So it just went mad. It was wonderful. Yeah, because and you've got a um, online ordering. Yes, system as we well, have. Don't you? Yes, yeah. for for the perennial plants and the seeds, the hardy perennial seeds, and both have just oh gone mad so it's been wonderful Mm -hmm. gardeners have kept together and kept going and kept in contact with the earth and nature which I think has helped Mm -hmm. us all to get through this crisis as as well as we have very true Try to get a bit of exercise in my old age, uh, 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 AB. What so are you saying, Graham? <laughs> <laughs> so, so sorry about that. <laughs> uh, and I tried to get up my 10,000 steps a day, so it's just a bit of a challenge for me. But when I go walking through the pandemic uh, time, the gardens sparkled, you know. All of a sudden, people, that, you know, they're just ordinary gardens. They, they know, oh, we've got a garden. There are actually plants here, sort of thing. So they get into their gardens and... Uh, I rang up my uh, a good, good good friend Vicky, who works for a wholesale nursery. Vicky Mudford she used to be called, and uh, uh, she, 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 she. I said to her, "I suppose you're having this about October, September, October." I thought you know, we wouldn't be having such a good a good time. Every all businesses seem to be you know doing doing poorly. She said, Graham, don't talk about it. It's the best we've had for five years. Wow. You know, they've yep. been selling, 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 yes, like you were talking about, Meryl. Yeah. And there was interest there, and all good for our cause. Our, you know, us people that are, we we see that gardening should be more, you know, known and popularised. Oh, uh, people to, to have through. fallen in love with yeah. gardening because they've yeah. had the opportunity to, and. Yes. Uh, I think it's sustaining. It's not just a flash yeah, in the pan. People really sure. have fallen in love with growing good. vegetables, yeah, growing sure. fruit, growing yeah, flowers, yeah. and just being in touch with yeah. nature, enjoying sure, the birds sure, and sure. the, the yeah. weather and yeah. the changes in the seasons. It's all part yeah. of gardening, and people yeah. have discovered it. True, true. That, that's really, that really well, good. Many of us knew all the time, but there's more of us now, which is just great. And it's what is fantastic is being able to share knowledge with new people yes. and also I suppose sure. reminding them that it's a journey and yes. we, we all yes. make stuff ups along the way yes. which really sure. aren't stuff ups are they? No. They're, they're no, more they're just learning. Learning, and exactly. I think the other thing that's probably helped our cause a little bit is the 
uh, growing awareness that, that, that we are a uh, uh, globe, our planet is important to us, sort of thing. Uh, people are realizing now that there is such a thing as global warming, mm. and mm. That, that indeed that we we humans are ca- causing it. And uh, you know, uh, uh, the more people that get into that and realize that it's a, isn't an emergency, and we can be in a lot of trouble. Our future generations could be in a, a, a lot of trouble. If the uh, our, uh, our you know pop, pop, pop polar regions, uh, 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 excuse me for going on, but I get get onto this one a little little, little bit, AB. But uh, you know there's a t- t- tipping point, as they say, sort of thing. You might get to the star s- stage where a, a lot of our ice and s- snow m- m- melt, and 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 th- that means that the ice and the snow they, they, they reflect light, and so you know things don't heat, heat up as much. As soon as you've got a fair bit of water, that that's mopping up the heat, and so you get warming. The warming destroys more more more, more ice and snow. That you get. Le- 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 Less reflection, so and then on it goes on it like the domino effect sort of thing. Positive, it's very, f- f- very f- complex, f- but very f- evident. F- yeah, and you know, there's some. Uh, I suppose you know, uh, it may, may be extreme, but it, it could be with you get a lot of our poles melting. Uh, there's a five meter uh, ro- 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 rise in our, our oceans that devastates the you know so, so, so many lands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know if that that that. Uh, what I'm trying to get at is that that, that, that spread and realization becoming something that people b- believe in, and that, how do we get out of this? One way to get out of it is to plant a lot of trees, mm, yes. and our, our, our trees on the face of the earth are so important to mm. to, to the survival of our our, our globe, and so uh, you know uh, I think. Uh, uh, you know, more plants can be and at the other end of it, of course, you know, to try and stop the clearing of deforestation for greedy people that want to, you know, put more agriculture and make millions of dollars out of it. We've got to maintain the, uh, the, the, the trees on our, the face of our earth. Yeah. And, and plant, plants of all descriptions. Um, one of the things we really noticed after the horrendous bushfires over last summer was a huge absence of bees mm. in our garden, which mm. is rich with things that yes, bees yes, love. Yes, yes, and true, we, true. we missed yeah, our honeybees, yeah, we missed yeah. our native bees. It mm. was widespread, mm. just mm. the lack of insects, but particularly the lack of bees, yeah. which for us was hugely noticeable mm. because it is such wonderful bee habitat in our garden. Yes, of and course. I was a, mm. just a faint glimmer. In the last few weeks, the bees have started to come back mm, yeah, and uh, yeah, we're, sure. we're keeping an eye out for the, the quite rare blue banded bee mm-hmm. oh, yes. which is a great treasure yes, yes, uh, yes, but yes, sure. without the bees yeah. we're really in huge we're trouble lost, yeah. we yeah. are yeah. lost yeah. just for uh, yeah. pollination yeah. of yes. our, our food yeah. crops exactly. yeah. and we, we are yeah. lucky in a sense that nature can be quite resilient yes. um, up to yeah. a point I suppose where um, yeah. that if we if we plant things I mean you hear stories again and again people just simply putting in a bird bath and yeah. all of a sudden they have yeah. birds in their garden that they yeah. haven't seen before yes. yeah. Um, yeah. putting sure. in um, some logs yeah. and things and then the skinks start yeah. moving in so yeah. I think it's these critters compl- are there they it's just it's need that complex. bit of help it's complex yeah. it is yeah, yeah. but the more sure. we can plant yeah, yeah, yeah. of all 
types, even mm-hmm. if we don't have enough room for yeah. a, a big tree, yeah. we're still helping out just yeah, by yeah. planting yeah. our flowers, by planting yeah. our vegetables, yeah. by gardening and yeah. just keeping yeah. in touch yeah. with nature. Because yeah. it can feel like all doom and gloom and there's yeah, so many true. tragic stories about the environment but yeah. and everyone thinks, oh, yeah. what, what can I do, one little person? But actually yeah. one person can, can do, make a big yeah. difference. Can make a big difference in what you plant yeah. and yeah. also yeah. In, in protesting yeah. and, yeah. and yeah. Um, petitioning people yeah. and making sure that your voice yeah. is heard yeah. Yeah. because yeah. the more yeah. voices yeah. that are heard um, yeah. at a sure. level that yeah. it needs to be heard, Heard, then yeah. I think change true, true, will true. happen. Yeah. Education needs to be there, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the, you know, your, your habitats, some of your prickly natives are good for the small birds to get yes. in and get, have, have <laughs> protection. That, that, yes. is, that is so true, Graham, and that is one of the things that I bang on about every, every day that I'm working. It's just that difference between, sure, have the large flowered um, fancy pants plants, like the large flowering yeah, grevilleas sure. and stuff, but yeah. also have yeah, the yeah, really right. dense bushes. That For the little, the little blue wrens to get into and right. the little tiny yeah. honey yeah. eaters. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. things yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt. But yeah. And it, it is, it's quite easy to, to make a difference. So yeah, sure. um, that, that is a positive thing. Yeah. 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 I think you've mentioned bees there and it's surprising how many native bees there are in, in Australia. Oh yes, uh, we're the, so the, lucky yeah, that we, yeah, sure. we have... I think it was on Gardening Australia, the television program, they talk, one of the presenters were talking about, uh, you know, the, the just setting up little, little hives with the different diameter holes and things sort of things. Yes. Yeah. And a bit of encouragement like that's amazing, you know. Yeah. You get, get those guys are good pollinators. And, yeah, it was yeah. simple information yeah, which sure. everyone can do, yeah, but it does sure, make sure. such a difference. Yeah. And it's a fantastic project to do with kids as well. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're right. We've got about yeah. 2,000 native bee species yeah, in Australia, amazing, yes. which is quite yes, incredible, yeah, and 12,000 yeah. wasps. Species, oh, yes, yes, which yes, yes, and yes, all of these sure. guys, as well as the you know so many other insect species that are fantastic yeah. pollinators, and researchers yes. have yeah, true, proven true. that they are actually more efficient um, pollinators in your veggie and fruit uh, gardens than, yes. than honeybees. Yeah, honey yes. yeah, so yeah, you know sure. a lot of them are really yeah, really yeah. small, and they get into yeah, all the nooks and crannies of the flowers. Yeah, so but the making these um, mm-hmm. bee hotels or insect hotels as they're called yes. is a fantastic thing yeah. to do I mean you can buy them and um, I think one of the things one of the sort of hesitations I have around um, the purchase ones is a lot of them you are, are using a pine just a simple pine mm. and the holes sure. are drilled into the pine and yes. when we get them in the nursery like you mm. literally haven't finished hanging them out before the bees and wasps are there oh, checking really, them out really so they really they do go draw in the critters but then I do wonder if the smell of the pine because it's not it's sort quite of resinous. It no. is, and it's not no. an indigenous wood. No, that's true. Um, I do wonder if that plays a part no. in yeah, sure. um, yeah, yeah, how many eggs yeah. they lay yeah, or, or that sort of yeah, thing. Sure. But, but they, sort, I mean, they bring in the resin bees and the and the grass wasps, yeah, and you, and sure. you can see um, which critter you've got in your garden by the covering that they make. So they essentially they use them to to lay an egg, and then they'll cover it. You know, the leaf 
leaf cutter bee mm. uses the leaves, um, cuts, cuts yeah. a beautiful yeah, <laughs> cuts a beautiful round piece out of the leaf and 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 seals yeah. the whole. Yeah. Resin bees will seal it with resin. Yeah. The grass wasps seal it with sticks yes. of grass. So yeah. Um, y- yeah, you can even start working out what species yeah. you've got yeah. in your garden yeah. just just from yeah. seeing who's who's using the yeah. bee hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we and might we may be better to get a block of wood, uh, eucalypts, to do, do, do the drilling into. Totally, uh, yeah. And, and you want to have um, holes that are um, various um, so diameters. Yes. Um, and and probably at least 12, you know, no, 10 to 12 centimetres deep. Deeper. Um, um, yeah, yes. so they can get away and so get into yeah, protection. Exactly. Right. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and, and, I mean, most of our bee species are, are solitary. Um, for example, like the blue-banded bees, um, the females, they will... Um, sort of go overnight in little um, hollows in in Mm. mud banks and things like that, whereas the males will all congregate together Mm. on Mm. branches. Mm. Uh, So you'll sort of see them together. So they're sort of social but not totally social. (laughs) (laughs) I was having a fascinating conversation the other day on the telephone with one of our gardening clients, and uh, she lived way way up north, up north of the Murray River, but uh, she had planted uh, a very environmentally friendly, native species friendly garden. And she'd gone to the trouble of getting a truckload of suitable sand mm-hmm. um, to make habitat for the blue banded bees. And she'd built a bank uh, for them to make their nests in. Yep. And then she'd covered it with a um, uh, the right size mesh so that when they were there they weren't being predated on so that she could they could nest safely um, she was a pretty dedicated gardener, that I have to say. And did she have success? Yes, she did. Yeah, no, okay. she she had a good population of the, the little blue-banded bees. But the other thing that she'd done that I thought was really exceptional, and she must have a, a, a very good husband, I think, a, a very good undergardener, a second-in-command, because she loved salvias, and, and because she lived in a hot, dry climate, she'd planted a number of salvias, and that was why she was talking to me. She was wanting to buy more salvias and and get a range of salvias that flowers at different times of the year because she'd noticed that in her garden the uh, the nectar seeking birds really enjoyed her salvias mm. so she was she was extending her range to to give different months of flowering to feed these honey eating birds and keep them in the garden but she she bought some salvia gregii a very mm-hmm. fine um, twigged salvias and and the honey eating birds loved them so much I was smashing them down so she'd got her husband to to get build her weld her little frames to put over the salvia gregii so fine stem salvias with little bird rungs at various heights so they could sit on these little rungs and feed from the flowers without smashing down her salvias. And I thought, this lady is very, very dedicated. That's dedication. Or there's not enough to do in her district. (laughs)
And I thought it was a wonderful story. Bless her. A stay away from the birds. A stay away from the birds. You know, proof yet again that people really do want to make a difference, don't they? They do. Yeah, she yes, was. All right, now well, let me get to a few community announcements and then we will um, open the lines. So we've, uh, I'll, I'll give the um, number out now. Um, so the on-air line is um, 94190155 and that's to um, talk to either Graham Morrison or Meryl Johnson about... Um, oh, Probably about gardening Just related this. <laughs> anything, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything, we'll take anything. Maybe, you know, we might have a discussion about chocolate. Who knows? Um, and um, if you want to text us, because we have moved finally into the 21st century, and um, we, our text line is 0488 809 855. So you can um, text through any comments or um, questions that you might have and, and hopefully we'll get to those. Um, so I will just read through a few community announcements, uh, not too many, not, it's, I think it's still starting to ramp up a bit in terms of what's on. Um, so I'm going to start with something that's on in May, so the 22nd and 23rd of May, uh, it's the Yarra Valley Bonsai Show and that runs from 10am to 2pm, it's a gold coin donation and it's at 33 Kimberley Drive in Churnside Park. It's a bonsai show and sale, so if you see something you like, hopefully you can purchase it. I know um, there's quite a few um, people who are creating native bonsais as mm. well, which always gets me sort of both sad and thrilled at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so whether you're a beginner or an um, enthusiast, um, plants are from the members of the Yarra Valley um, bonsai Club. And thank you to David for emailing information and um, the new uh, address if you want to email us for any particular reason is gardening at three, so just the numeral three, cr.org.au. Okie dokie, Burnley Gardens have got a self-guided walk and Burnley Gardens is at 500 Yarra Boulevard in Burnley. And so the clever staff at Burnley Gardens have developed an app with information to guide you around the gardens, which sounds fantastic. It's a great garden. It's got some it wonderful yep. diversity of plants. It has. So hopefully they um, take you to all the special places in the garden. I'm sure they do. I haven't done it yet, but um, I think that might be a plan for the next couple of weeks. Um, download the free app from the App Store by typing in Burnley Gardens. And if you get yourself to the garden and then just enjoy a walk through, listening to the information about the history, design and significant trees. So I think that's a fantastic idea. Uh, so for open gardens, uh, you can't just rock up. You need to pre-book. Uh, just so that they can ensure mm -hmm. um, numbers and allocate different times and things like that. So um, it's an easy site to, to navigate uh, and it has links straight through to try booking, but you just go to the Open Gardens Victoria website. Uh, so on Saturday the 10th of April, Spoke and Spade is open in Heidelberg West and this is an urban farm so you can learn tips from market gardeners to take home for you for your own patch which um, I think a lot of people would be very interested in doing that people have always got the most amazing and tips the, and tricks don't and they wonderful quality of gardens it's such a privilege to be able to go into a private garden that someone's created 
from their their own interest and their own talent just for themselves, but then they're happy to share it with other gardeners. It's such a privilege and such a joy. I I love gardeners. They're such a sharing, caring group. They really are. They totally are. um, So, so, yes, I do digress. Sorry about that. That is um, (laughs) Saturday the 10th of April, Spoken Spade. Heidelberg West, so you can hop onto the um, Open Gardens Victoria website and book that and then you'll get the address. Also on Saturday the 10th of April but also on Sunday the 11th of April is Annie's Garden in Research. I'm very excited because these two are both close to me. Usually they're miles away from me (laughs) and it's very difficult to get to but Heidelberg West and Research are both relatively close and vaguely in my neck of the woods. So Annie's Garden in Research is a delightful one-acre garden with plantings of deciduous and ornamental trees, fruiting trees, and an understory beneath a eucalypt canopy, which um, is always interesting to see yes, what I agree. people have used. And one of, one of the challenges, I think, of many gardeners, and we might talk about that later, so planting underneath mature trees. Okie dokie, Saturday the 10th and Sunday the 11th of April, Tamandra which is in Narrow Wong, which is near Portland. So that would be a bit of a hike for a lot of us. Regional beauty and sustain, sustainable practice. Majestic eucalypts provide habitat for wildlife. An abundance of plant diversity and gorgeous long views. Uh, information, including all addresses, is via the Open Gardens website. And... Again, if you have any particular, if you're opening your garden or if you have any information that you'd like us to read out on air about a plant show or anything, please email us at um, thegardening at 3cr.org.au. If anyone wanted to make the hike down to that garden near Portland, mm-hmm. I was actually down there last week. Ah, did you, at the garden? No, not oh. at the garden. We were delivering plants to gardeners all over the Western District last week. And I have to say, the countryside around um, the southwest is looking exceptional. They've had a wonderful, wonderful season. The gardens are in fine fettle. The countryside is looking fantastic. And uh, I'd highly recommend a journey down there. And that gives you the chance to stay at gorgeous Port Ferry as well, which is such a lovely historic town. So you could actually make... A, an easy couple of days, two or three days down there and have lots to see and do, and including and that wonderful country and garden. lots to put on your Instagram as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so pretty. So we are going to um, start chatting with people. We are going to go to Marion from Northcote. Good morning, Marion. Good morning. Happy Easter. You too. Okay, have Marianne. you had your um, allocation of chocolate eggs yet? <laughs> Not yet, but I'll be I'll be building uh, a family with some young kids and hope to participate in that in their garden. Beautiful. And um, also, it's just so wonderful to have you back doing the show live. Thank you. Um, we're, we're all you know, we, to we really here. missed it. Yeah, and a friend called me this morning and said, yeah, don't miss the, the gardening show. <laughs> That's <laughs> lovely. That's Thank great. you. Very, and, very good. Um, the things that you've been saying about gardeners and how we skill share and look, we, um, you know, sometimes we produce our own food, but we're certainly looking after the soil and the air. You know, the only thing that's doing um, carbon capture and storage that I know of is, you know, is the plant. And so we're doing a great job with that. But um, I just wanted to draw comments from you. It's not specifically about, you know, how to garden, but how how can we um, 
protect a safe environment. Like we, we look after our, our water and our soil and the plants that are in it and we manage them as best we can and sometimes, you know, we can't save them. But I'm, I'm really, um, I'm feeling really sad about the projected three degrees of warming um, that we're expected to have. And I, I know that everyone's going to re- regret that. But yes. um, I do have a suggestion which um, came to my mind listening to you, Graham, which is that if we were able to cease the native forest logging and the incendiary burns that they use there, we'd be able to at least have that pocket in um, those pockets of forest, you know, for us to visit, but also for the um, for protecting our air. Yeah. So that's sort of a contention, I suppose. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, 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 very true, Marion. You know, it, 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 it's a disaster, really. That I'd like to speak a little bit later on about the, you know, the compounds and the things in in, in plants that, you know, unfortunately, uh, over a year we'll, we're we're still in our, our our world in Australia, where plants are becoming extinct. Those plants that have taken millions of years to to, to get where they are, are over the evolution period, they. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're gone forever and we, we, we can't bring them back. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a need to, for, for us all to be so, uh, uh, conscious of the, uh, the, the importance of these plants and you know, the disaster of losing any of these plants. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think, oh, I, 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 yeah, I, I think also, um, what is useful, Marion, is that there are quite a few, uh, charitable organisations now set up that uh, buy land so they will wait for X amount of donations to come in and they buy pockets of land and they set up habitat area. A lot of these areas are um, then made free of feral animals like foxes yes. and cats mm. and they might be fenced in but they're usually a really large area and they help protect the native animals in that section. So I guess it's just all these little things that yeah. in a big yeah. picture help yeah. make yeah. a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And even in the countryside, groups like Landcare, which sure. are helping to link up areas of remnant vegetation because one of the big well having done a lot of driving around the state of Victoria in the last few weeks delivering plants to gardeners all over Victoria uh, it's very obvious wide scale clearing for agriculture and some areas really are making a great effort to to preserve areas of remnant bushland convert other areas back into bushland if it's marginal or unusable land, but very importantly to make the links between the areas. Little highways for the the animals, birds and insects to travel and even putting in underpasses or overpasses over roads and just making it... People are becoming more conscious and I guess if we can we can all talk about it and write about it or just talk to friends. Just keep keep the the consciousness up. Keep keep the consciousness and petition as well. Yes, that's right. Get onto your your local um, member and just let them know what's important. That we are all interested. (laughs) Oh, we are. And, you know, we need to eat. And I've worked in the grain industry. I'm aware that Australia feeds you know, quite a part of the world, and that's a that's a satisfying and an excellent thing. Mm. And so, yeah, so maybe those those um, you know reserves on private land, 
and also maybe even doing um, having agroforestry, having, you know, we need fibre. You know, we yes, live in yes, houses. Yes, yes, yes. You know, our need for is not going to go away. And so if that can be done, if there can be a business model for um, farmers to grow trees, as you said, on the more marginal yes. land or on, on the tops, mm. you know, on the upper part, mm. that the, the current um, process, I'm just very disapproving the more I find out about it, the mm. current process is the native forest logging, which, you know, which loses money and, and loses habitat. And as you say, trees that will be very hard to re-establish as we go into these warming climates. And it's frustrating, for, yeah, it's frustrating for those of us who sort of... Like you can see the common sense arguments in, in what people are doing wrong or what these big corporations are, are doing wrong in terms of the environment uh, long term. And the answers are there for, for how to... So everyone can still make money. It's not about... No, no, not about closing things people, down. No, but the sure. answers yeah. are there. So it's, it's frustrating yeah, it's for people. Yeah. That, yeah. that a thought happen. just came to mind then where a couple of years ago I was in Ireland uh, privileged to do, to do a tour around the place and uh, I think the uh, their forestation part got down to about 12% of their country whereas you know Europe has at least got, got, got something like 40 or 50 40% I think or 30% probably more, more, more likely and uh, the government there had realised the, you know, the, the, that they were getting low in their forestation bit and each farmer has been, if the, if the farmer allocates a certain area, a, a, a few acres for, for forest and, and they re, re, recompense it, you know, and, and they got mm-hmm. money from their government to, to, to make that happen in, in, in each farm, farm in Ireland. That's true, yes. and that yeah. does happen here as well. So yes. there, there, My word. there are companies or, or charitable organisations set up to help farmers and many are setting aside X amount of acres of land, um, unused land and yes. returning yeah. the, and the natural habitat. Replanting stream sides to protect the Correct. waterways and, yep. and all of the animals, yep. birds and insects that are dependent on the, the natural waterways. So there's lots happening. It's, yeah. it's just joining in and helping and we can all make a little bit of difference. And, yeah. But together we're very powerful. Yeah. We are. We're trying to do something for you, Marianne. <laughs> Thank you so much for the discussion. Beautiful. Lovely to chat, Marin. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okie dokie. And we are speaking with Laurel in Torquay. Hi, Laurel. Oh, hello. Happy Easter, everybody. You too. Thank you. Uh, Look, just on that subject of native bees, um, I didn't realise how many I had until... Uh, one of the family gave me a very elaborate um, <laughs> bee hotel. <laughs> That's great. What a lovely present. <laughs> a big retail store, very elaborate looking thing. I thought, oh, I wonder if this is going to work. Because it wasn't very deep, you know. It was only about six or seven centimetres deep. But I put it on outside my back door just after Christmas on its way out into the garden. And, you know, within two weeks there was a resin bee filling it up. Yeah, it isn't that great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what a beautiful thing to do with kids. Um, we're the proud possessors of identical twin grandsons who are five years old. Dear little boys. And uh, we're, we're hoping to really in, engender a love of gardening and nature and the earth in them, of course. And, uh, I mean, we do resort to subterfuge because... We, we plant bean seeds 
and then miraculously the next morning they have sprouted <laughs> with some that I have previously prepared. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Very good. But it, it en- gives encu- them encouragement. It's just a little bit of encouragement that they can actually see nature happening and just all those beautiful things that you can do with kids, especially over Easter. They're, they're, they're it's, very good. it's all good for the future. Yeah. I think we, we, we adults tend, sorry, we adults tend to be a bit blasé about uh, the, the miracle of a seed. You know, you plant a seed and all the yes. genetic and everything for it to be exactly like the plant it is is all in that little seed. And yes. for a kid to actually see what happens there, well, this, life, this, this, isn't is a, it? this is a, one miracle. Yes. <laughs> sorry, I, Laurie, I, I cut cut in on you there. Quite all right. Um, I was going to say that my grandson, I can't believe the delicacy with which he'll um, pick up a tiny seedling and plant it in the garden too. And he was only six at the time. Hey, Laurel, can I ask whereabouts you've cited your native bee hotel? Well, I've left it on the back doorstep because it's it's under a slight overhang and the bee, uh, not only the native bees, but the wasps, together they're both Beautiful. filling it up quite rapidly and I thought well I can't shift it now yeah. no they <laughs> like that <laughs> spot it's obviously in a sheltered spot yeah they might lose it <laughs> yeah yeah because I guess that's one of the things that I get asked often is where shall I put this and I always say put it somewhere where you'd like to sit yes. somewhere where you're not going to get buffeted by strong winds or hot sun or anything like that Good so idea. it sounds like you found the perfect mm. spot Laurel we might have well, to st- yeah it's facing the south. So facing the south. Okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. we might have to tell. T- yeah, yeah, okay. We might have to tell people out there that although it's a hotel, there's no alcohol available in this. No, no mini bars. No, 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 no. Or there might be. How do we know? <laughs> well, <that's laughs> there are little mini bars. So, so clever these insects. Are, <laughs> <laughs> I've also discovered since I've got leaf cutter bees as well. I emptied a pot with a seedling in it to replant it, and the entire bottom of the pot was full of these little leaf cutter uh, tubes. Oh, wow. There must have been more than 10 of them. I know, so I had to quickly put them back. (laughs) 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 They'd found their own hotel. (laughs) They did. I couldn't believe it. And that was facing north, oddly enough, but it was still slightly protected. Still protected, yeah. Yes. Oh, how wonderful. Mm. Um, Can I ask one quick question about um, blueberries and see if you can help me? I've managed to um, grow a whole lot from seed over this late summer. They're only a centimetre high, and um, I'm just wondering how to keep them alive so that I can um, eventually get blueberries off them. Yeah, yeah they, they certainly like an acidic soil, like our azaleas. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Uh, I, I think probably, you know, just to spoil them a bit, not in, in too much harsh sunshine, morning sunshine, and probably a good, good, good one again. And, and they yeah. do like a, a good, steady supply of moisture. They really yeah. don't like to dry out and then be watered, dry out and be watered. They like yeah. a nice, mm. even supply of water. Good, 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 so I can leave um, water in the tray underneath them. Ooh, I'd be tricky. Mm, it is tricky. Mm. If, if the leaves Although, start yellowing and looking a little bit soggy, then take them yeah. out. I mean, it's it's such a fine line, really. You want to keep it moist, but not too wet and not mm. too dry. And it's 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 one of those things where they really are um, very dependent on you. So I'd, I'd sort of put them somewhere where you see them mm. often and where you can water them. And or or mm. even put a little, you know, their own little misting sprinkler system mm. in if if that's possible. But or otherwise. It, 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 
Mm. Yeah, we don't have um, town water. It's tank water and it's just... Okay. It's, it's impossible to... Um, so it's going to be know. a watering can job. <laughs> yes. Laurel, are they deciduous or the evergreen ones? Do you, do you, I wouldn't have a clue because I got them out of the I can see them making okay. I've right, got you. Okay. Right, yeah. Oh, well so done. You to germinate them. Well done. Oh, well, they, they were, I was amazed. They just yeah. came up thick and fast. But they were yeah. organic, I have yeah. to admit. Yes. So if, if they do lose their leaves going into the cold of the wintertime, it, it, it may be that they're deciduous and don't be too worried as I was getting out. So yeah. I think, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So and then you can ease back on the watering. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. and they'll fruit okay, Graham? Yes, for sure. Yeah. I haven't had an experience, but I, I, I should imagine they would. They yeah. may not be as bigger berries as no. the... Uh, you yeah. know, the sort of named varieties, mm. but uh, mm. certainly... A new variety, they call it blush, and that's supposedly almost you know, two centimetres across, sort of thing. They're quite, yes. quite, 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 quite large. But the, the little tiny ones, mm. you know, I've had the pleasure mm. of walking around in, in native blueberry swamps in, mm. in North America, and, yeah, yeah, and really. you, you yeah. pluck them, and they're tiny little mm. berries, but mm. boy, are they delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So size doesn't always matter. That's no. <laughs> uh, true. Very good. Oh, thank you very much. Okay, okay. Laurel, boy. Good on you, Laurel. Thanks thank for the call. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And to our friend Jill in East Brighton. Hello, Jill. Hello. How are you, <laughs> everybody? Good, very good. How are you? I am very well, too. Lovely to hear your voices. Um, yes, I, I was just thinking about a couple of things. One is... Um, after my mother died, about some years afterwards, I discovered a um, an envelope of poppy seeds in the garage saying "Mum's Mum's uh, Oriental Poppies," and this was a, and I, I sprinkled them around, and they grew up. That was amazed. I got mm. fabulous results. But every year uh, since then, I've got fewer and fewer, and we're really infested with ants. Uh, you know, just ordinary Argentine-type ants, unfortunately, in East Brighton on the sand belt here. Oh, yes. Mm. And um, I uh, finally hit upon the idea that um, perhaps I would try and grow the poppies, you know, in some sort of seed thing, which I've done just with an old egg cartons. And, and, I, and lo and behold, 100% um, Success, you know, I've got a whole yes. green haze in a couple of egg cartons of wow. these little poppies. Now I know they hate having their roots disturbed. Yes, and what they... my idea of yes, my idea had been, um, you know, could I just gently pull the bottom out of the uh, very damp um, cartons, and hopefully that's minimal disturbance, and pop them in the garden. What, what do you think? I what think it's chance? a grand idea, because um, all papavas poppy family rapidly yep. develop quite a, a big taproot and they really hate having that disturbed uh, when yeah. they germinate from seed. So I think it's a grand idea too because the, the egg carton is going to be biodegradable. It's going to rot, rot down and yep. soften up quite yep. quickly. So the poppies will put their, their roots out through it. Because you've got a lot in one small area, I'd be yep. nearly inclined yep. to sort of cut each one in half you will sacrifice a few but it will yeah. be for the the, oh, the yeah. greater good of of the others yeah, it'll help to spread them out a bit more um poppies have a re- poppy seed has a remarkable ability to last for a long time um they they reckon up to 25 years they can have excellent viability 
And uh, that, that was evidence mm-hmm. during the yeah. First World War, you know, the, mm-hmm. the beautiful Papava Rios, the, the Poppy Day poppy, the yeah. remembrance mm-hmm. poppy that yes, we all yes, love yes. so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah. all came about um, that, that that became such a symbol for mm-hmm. all the lives lost in, in the First World War mm-hmm. because of the shelling during the trench warfare and so it turned the soil over enormously and they had more poppies than they'd ever seen in centuries because that soil was all turned over so they like newly disturbed soil which is you know a good little tip for you for planting your egg cart on um, compartments of, of poppies I think it's a great idea so till up the soil and uh, maybe separate them out a little bit into little clumps and and spread them out just to give them a bit more air circulation around. And then, uh, yes, water regularly until they're they're well-established. And those nice, fresh, new plants should give you lots more seed for next year. Mm. Could I just say to you that some... um, that years ago, when my mother was still alive, uh, she and I went on a couple of your tours. Oh, how lovely. <laughs> had absolute ball. It was just fabulous, brilliantly run. They were just superb and the fabulous gardens we saw. And in my garden, I have a magnolia called Meryl. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've only got two plants named after me, I think. Magnolia Meryl and the rose Margaret Meryl. And my sister-in-law is Margaret, so we can share oh, that one. And I, and I <laughs> had that rose too though I, sadly it's gone to God eventually because we have a big possum problem here <laughs> but um, but the uh, magnolia um, we we apparently all the busload of us you know on your tour had bought so many plants at the, one of the um, nurseries at Mount Macedon that they donated this magnolia and it was so you raffled it and my mother won the raffle oh how so. wonderful and what a lovely <laughs> thing to keep to remember her by too you can <laughs> yeah. smile at it every time <laughs> It, it, and now it's about five or six metres tall. It's amazing. It's just gorgeous. And look, one other little thing. Um, I've been looking for my blue banded bees. I have blue. I have bee hotels and lots of salvias in my garden and lots of other flowering plants um, to encourage all the insects. And uh, I had hardly seen one this year. I was getting quite yeah. You know, lots of people have been very it. worried about them this year. Yes. Well, the other day um, uh, we had. Um, We've got a new puppy. We're leaving the dog door open because she's too small to push it at the moment. So we we are getting the odd blowfly in. (laughs) And uh, so uh, I heard one buzzing around and I I was going to grab the um, fly swat and it it went into a shaft of sunlight and I realised it was a blue-banded bee in our lounge room. Oh, thank God you didn't swat it. Well done. I I ran around for some time carefully ushering it outside and since then I've seen quite a number. So uh, I think it was it you or was it AB saying that uh, later this this year, it's not really been till autumn that, that a lot of the insects seem to have emerged. I suppose it's because of the cool, yes, wet summer yeah, and, the, yes. and the hideous summer before, maybe, yes. has um, it's made it a late... It's so good uh, to see summer. things returning. Oh, isn't it? Fabulous, yes. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all three for your terrific knowledge and uh, really enjoy your program always. <laughs> good on you, Joel. Well, have a lovely Easter Sunday. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 I was thinking with that that one uh, 
with that's a miracle, isn't it, that the uh, they can be alive and survive for that long. The seeds, yes. you know, yes. they wouldn't yes. think that was possible. No, but, no. Uh, of course, it's an evolutionary trick that uh, if uh, plants have learned for survival. You might, uh, you know, get a, a couple of bad, 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 bad years for their, uh, their yes. establishment, and uh, lo and behold, you know, it last three or four years. My, my, my dad used to have a saying that you probably you, you all heard that one year's uh, weeding, when well, no, one year's seeding is seven years weeding, and that is so that true. Is, that's that's <laughs> a, the, the downside. That sort last in the soil yeah, for quite right. a while. I, I think that little saying pops into every gardener's head when they walk past a weed that's just about to start seeding. <laughs> and, and this year, because of the you know the fantastic conditions, the little wretches have, have prospered very well, and they've come up to seed very quickly. Yes, yes that's so true. <laughs> Okie dokie, let's have a chat with Robert from Mitcham. Hi, Robert. Yeah, good morning, all. Glad to hear your voices. Good and uh, possibly we were a bit late tuning in. I could only identify Graham. Oh, <laughs> oh, so we've got Graham Morrison, our um, fruit and other guru. We have Meryl Johnson, and we have myself, A.B. Bishop. So. Go ahead with your question. There we go. Thank you for Hopefully that. one of us will be able to answer it. We were out in the garden yesterday and uh, wife found uh, some rose scale on a couple of the roses. Tell us what we should have done. <laughs> it sounds like you did something and now you want, you want, to, want to make sure that you did the right thing. Well, uh, in, it, there's, there's sort of the long-term view and the short-term view and you can do both. So long-term view is to just plant such a diversity of plants so that you can encourage more and more birds into the garden because they will start dealing with that rose scale for you. But that's a long-term project, but it's all fun and it's all good to do. So diversity of planting, all different sizes and textures and flowering seasons of plants so that there's always something there for the birds that they, they will stay, they'll live in your garden and you'll have a huge diversity of birds as well. In the short term, um, it, it's probably good to smother them with some oil. So if it's only a small infestation, you can nearly do this by hand. Uh, if it's a larger infestation, you can, you can do it with a spray unit and it just needs to be like a horticultural oil. They, they can't breathe through it, so that, that helps. So at the moment, because plants are still in leaf, you'd probably be using uh, summer oil, but a good job is to get busy in the winter when the roses are deciduous and give them a good old, really thorough covering with winter oil, which is you know, much, a much heavier duty job, and that'll see them off. Yes, yeah, that's good. We've got a very diverse garden. We've got all sorts of plants and all sorts of trees and things oh, like good. that. But we don't get small birds. Ah, what other big birds have you got? Have you got, got chookwadleys chasing them away? Or jays? Oh, we've, we've got Maggie's here all the time. Uh, we, yesterday was uh, Karawong Day. And, yeah, Karawongs uh, are a bit of a menace for raiding the nests of little birds. But uh, other than that, uh, we, we get wattlebirds, we get butcherbirds, we get uh, a variety of things, but uh, I haven't, haven't seen a little bird here for years. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem, with, um, Robert, is that so many, how in the suburbs, 
not a lot of houses have maybe your same attitude to planting a huge yeah. diversity mm. of plants and, and shelter too. Yeah. And shelter uh, if the if yeah. the little birds don't have sort of access through to a like a corridor through to a, a local reserve or anything, then it doesn't matter how many plants you've got. You're yeah. not going to get the little birds if there's not gardens close that's by. True, that's true. Yeah. That have also got them. And Robin, in my field, of course, it, our citrus are really vulnerable to scale insects. It's a, it's a big, 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 big problem. I think uh, in one of the Gardening Australia programs recently, I actually uh, uh, saw them. They put a, they have a symbiotic, symbolic, symbiotic relationship with ants. Yes. And uh, the ants will actually, they, they, they the, 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 the honeydew sort of thing. Yeah. Yes. To the extent, Meryl, I've heard of it, this seems to be a bit of an exaggeration, but the ants will actually take the scales down into their, home, their homes in the, in the off-season sort of thing and milk them like a milk, milk cow and, and take, take, take <laughs> put them back, back and put, put, put them on, 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 <laughs> on the plant. And... Uh, uh, you know, okay. If you put a, a, a band of sticky around the the base yes. of a say a, a, your, your, your lemon tree, it'll stop that ant, ant, ant population going up, Walking uh, up, uh, and, uh, and up farming uh, them uh, up and down. Yeah, sure. Yes. And of course, we we we, we try to put on the organic uh, oil rather than a petroleum oil, yes. uh, as I do in my garden. Yeah. Yep. Good. Mm. Good point. Yeah. Mm. Well, I've got um, Graham on line. Can I ask one more? Go for sure. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, nectarine or peach tree, we're not sure which is it. A cell phone one that's uh, come to reasonable size there, but it, it suffers badly from uh, curly leaf. What yes. should we do with it? Yeah, when, when, when should we do it? Yeah, yeah. If you put, put a copper spray on, uh, we, 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 we would, in the orchard days, we would put one on in, in June, about mid, middle June, and then the uh-huh. next, next one, l- l- late July. There's a lot of information goes around where they say, wait till bud swell. And we used to find that if you waited till bud swell, that was too late. Oh, the yes, fungus yeah. organism would get in, getting in there. Yeah. So you follow those. Co-side is a, is a product, a, a, a proprietary product that is quite, quite good. Make it a little bit stronger than they, if they say on, on the pack for that one. And, uh, that the one in June, middle June and one towards the end of July. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Before Robert, the buds break. Yeah, and if it's yeah. convenient, just put newspaper down around the tree just to stop that um, from actually accessing the soil okay. because it can co- have co- a negative co- impact co- on, okay. the, yeah, yeah, sure. on the, um, yeah, sure. sort of the, yeah, the fungi yeah. in the soil there. And, and true, true, true. following on with our conversation about you know the lack of small birds, I sort of mourn the, the uh, loss of hedges. Hedges have gone out of favour because, of course, they do take maintenance in in mm-hmm. trimming and cutting unless you want to grow a you know an informal. au naturel yeah. informal yeah. hedge, yeah, which is great. But uh, hedges where there's you know quite a quite a lineup of very densely planted plants provide such great shelter mm-hmm. for um, the small birds, particularly when they're nesting and needing to protect their young. I know one of the m- most uh, uh, terrifying things that ever happened to my husband. He was trimming with his hedge trimmer, one of our very dense hedges. We've got a, a lot of hedges for, for wind protection and, and it does provide great habitat. But he was trimming along the top of the hedge with his hedge trimmer and he had to make a sort of, 
uh, crenellated top to the hedge because he was zipping along and he almost took the heads off a whole nest of oh, as little baby blue wrens. So yeah, the hedge had to have a sort of raised bit in the middle for a while until the, the nest hatched and, and flew. Very good. There you go, folks. All right. We, we live in hope. Thank you very much. Very good, 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 on you, good on you, Robert. Good on you, Robert. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Oh, yes. It's, um, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Just uh, de- dealing with uh, nature and trying to do the right thing, and you feel like you're always doing the right thing, and half the time yeah, you're. Sure. Yeah. AB, <laughs> you were talking a few announcements before. Yes. And if you don't mind, I give a, sure. a, a, a plug there. I know we don't like to advertise, but that this is really a good floral display that people interested in their uh, flowers they, 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 they should go and see they call themselves Country Dahlias mm-hmm. and they're located down at, in uh, Winchelsea in Victoria uh-huh. I went down there a couple of years ago and just so surprised to see they've got you know two or three acres just uh, there's a, a uh, 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 cat, 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 cattle, you know, property, and the the wife sort of liked her flowers, and gradually <laughs> expand, expand, expand. <laughs> until As is the, the way it <laughs> seems to happen. <laughs> Not unusual. <laughs> but but uh, they, they they have twenty thousand bushes of dahlias there. And, uh, and you wouldn't be nice talk, talking to Meryl, you know, until you get into a, a particular field, you don't realise how complex it can be. But they, they boast that they've got 2,250 different varieties Ooh. of dahlias. And varieties, for goodness sake. And it would be spectacular at the moment. It is spectacular. And it, it, it runs from, uh, it's been, been in, the, in, in, in March now, I think they go until, like, get, get, get this right, 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 right for you, it runs until the 22nd of April, so they haven't got a lot, 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 lot of time, open between 9:30 and, and 4 p.m. I don't. They're closed on Fridays, but if uh, people are interested, they could you know just, just uh, Google country dahlias Winchelsea, and uh, you know they've got these giant decorative dahlias, you know, with the big, big broad petals that, that the cactus lungs. I've, I've brought a couple of my dahlias in today. My old dad, he was a dahlia fanatic and for 35 years he, he, he grew his dahlias. He was an orchidist but uh, he, 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 loved he, he, he loved them too. Yeah. And he didn't make a commercial thing of that, that, that at all. It was his hobby and uh, my job, we'd go to these uh, uh, horticultural sh- shows, flower shows in the, in the autumn and we would show, my job was to arrange them in a vase. I was always a bit okay. artistic <laughs> to get, get, get things so that they would all look. look at the joke. <laughs> Dahlias are back. They're very fashionable again, but, 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 but different forms, perhaps yeah, sure. the more informal. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. what do you buy when you go to this, uh, the country dahlias? Yeah, well, they've got a, uh, what do you call a mail, mail ordering service. Mm-hmm. So every, every, everyone's on a stake and mm-hmm. with, with the name on. Yep. And so if you, you, know, got, you take a pad pad and you write down a name, you put it in the order and, and the tubers, it comes from a tuber, of course. Uh, they, they will arrive in uh, probably o- o- October in, in the time for you to plant plant the things. So you could go down yeah. now, see what's in flowing, see what and you're doing. And place your order. For sure, yeah, good, good yeah, one. What a great idea. And I know now that 
road through mm. to Winchelsea, that's yes. been upgraded. So okay, there yeah. you go. Off the yeah. M- 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 Matheson's Road, I think I've got here. Sure. Yeah, Matheson's Road. But just to, you look, Meryl, you said the variety of things. You've got these giant decorative dailies, and, and then you've got the, the cactus ones, with this is one with the f- f- finer quills. You've got uh, medium ones that come down at a size, and you've got mini- miniature ones. You've mm. got cha- charms. Pom poms. There's a water lily one. There's exhibition ones that really, you know, really sort of curled cactusy. And uh, some petals. outrageous ones. Yeah, some of them right. are just sure. so exactly. over the exactly. top. <laughs> some of the garish colours you get in there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, They're sure. fun. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yes, pom 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 pom. Of course, one even ones with different coloured foliage. Yes. Yeah, 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 oh, the dark well. leaf ones. I think a wonderful yeah, sure. garden yeah, contrast. Yeah, 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 yeah. How long will they flower for, Darius? Long time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Sure. through into yeah, 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 yeah. like early winter. The, the first frost really yeah. cut yeah, them yeah, back. Yeah. 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 So whenever your first frost yeah, yeah. usually is, they'll yeah, yeah, be going. Yeah. They had a term for calling them the, the queen, queen of the autumn, or queen of the autumn. Mm. But uh, you know, if you, you get them in October, you get quite a few flowers through, through the summertime as well. Okay. In January, February, March, into April, and then frost arrives probably in, in May and that mm. sort of pitch. If, if people mm. want to have a little bit of fun without going anywhere. Um, we were talking before about Open Gardens Victoria and they have an excellent website. Now, I'm paying a lot of attention to it at the moment because uh, during the COVID, Australians are so inventive, you know, we keep coming up with good ways to deal with things. That's just our nature, our talent. Um, yes. And Open Gardens Victoria, of course, couldn't open their gardens during the, uh, the lockdown periods for safety reasons and so they started these monthly competitions which have become hugely popular on their website so the one this month I'm proud to say I am judging and people have to photograph (laughs) from their own gardens three perennials put together to create a really interesting plant combination and we're getting some very interesting entries so Go on the Open Gardens Victoria, have a look at the competition, and if you'd like to enter, I would be delighted to see your photographs. What are some of the combinations you're getting? Oh, just all sorts. And people are putting together really interesting foliage colours. So that yeah, was made oh, me think yeah, of it, Graham, yeah, when yeah, you were talking sure. about the dark-leaf yeah, yeah. Uh, dahlias <laughs> and the different... Um, Leaf patterns, the, the leaf yeah, cut of, of dahlia. Yeah, so people are putting together really interesting foliage colours. They're putting together interesting flower colours. Um, and it's a real art form to get three plants that are either flowering at the same time or in their foliage prime at the same time that make a really interesting combination. So it doesn't have to be what's flowering this month. It can be a photograph you've taken anywhere in your garden at any time of the year. But what we want to see is that you've been able to put together three plants that create a a real centre of interest in the garden. Beautiful. I I follow uh, um, a woman by the name of Kate Blood on um, Instagram and uh, she is an absolute weed expert as well as the... Oh, we we all need them. Yes, and she's amazing. But she creates these beautiful uh, floral displays using a real mix of of, um, foliages and and seed heads and everything in with traditional flowers and and they just look so delightful. Yeah, and sometimes it's the 
stems or the bark. Right. We yeah, we all sort of focus on flowers, yeah. but that's only. I mean, yes, flowers yeah. are gorgeous. We yeah. all love those outrageous dahlias. Yeah. But there's lots more to it. That yeah. can be the stems. It can be the bark. It can be the shape of the branches. There's all sorts of things you can put together. It's a very gardening's a very artistic. Um, yeah. Very creative, satisfying. Yeah, just the form, is, form yeah. of plants too. You know, you get yes, these exactly. the nice little round, round, roundy ones that yeah. you know you do it without giving, having to. You get pr- puddings pr- and that's, that's right, <laughs> slender models and fountains. A listener, Asunta, has tried to text us through a photo which isn't coming through, but he has an ornamental weeping cherry and he's got an issue with pear and cherry slug, um, yeah. and he was wondering if. Um, oh, him, I'm not sure, sorry, if it's yeah, a her, yeah, okay. I'm not sure of that name. Um, if, it's, if the sticky banding would work. No. So not really, <laughs> no. It's, it's more, uh, th- well, throwing powder around that mm, will stop them from breathing and transpiring. My grandfather, Merrill Eater, orchardist, as my father was, and... They would get, get dust before they had insecticides. I suppose, you know, I must, must admit that we would use an insecticide in the orchard day to kill yeah. them. Very easy to kill. You know, you get a, a, an organic uh, insecticide. Mm-hmm. So they're imbibing the, the surface of the leaf, so I think, so the sitting ducks, if you put the, any spray on the leaf, yeah. they, you, 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 you get them. But that, in, in the olden days, when the grandfather, you could get dust from the, 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 the ground, you know, mm-hmm. sort of tread it up and rough it up a bit. Oh, yeah. And a shovel and throw that over the tree, sort of thing. On, in, in our farm yeah, yeah, orchard, yeah, yeah. I grew up on a farm, and yeah. um, we had, of course, yeah. wood fires. So oh, all yeah, the ash yeah, would be ash, saved, ash, yeah, God, and God, yeah, that God. would be thrown yeah, yeah, onto sure. the fruit yeah, trees yeah, yeah, with the, sure. the pear and yeah, trees. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, yeah. then after you killed the, the, the slugs, yeah. then you washed it off, and it helped yeah. to fertilise the ground as well. So it had a double barrel effect, or some. People just Good. use some dolomite lime, yep. okay. and again, you have to oh, sort yeah. of throw that. Yes, that's right. I imagine maybe diatomaceous earth. Yes, do the same trick. That is a dehydrator. Yes, it's got to be something that will dry out their slimy little skins. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Gardeners are vengeful people. I know, but we want something to live in. Other things we would like them to go away. Exactly. I've been there, and if you don't do something about you look up and you've got a skeleton leaves all over your trees. So, so yeah, they're queer. Which looks pretty in themselves. Okay. Talking about ornamental displays. Yes, okay. And Mim has uh, texted in to say that the uh, Ripponley estate in Alstomac has got a really terrific display of dahlias. Oh, oh, great. Yeah, so if you're in that sort of area. Yeah, very, very good. I'm pretty sure they name everything. Time of the year, they'd be at their peak now. And I think when I was talking to the lady down there, uh, she, she, she was saying, you know, cool, cool, cool summer, and they've had plenty of rain, so they're really looking good. The, yes, the, the day yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah, wonderful, sure. wonderful. Yeah. So, everyone, you are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. I'm AB Bishop, and with me in the studio is Graham Morrison and Merrill Johnson. So, if you have any particular gardening-related questions, please feel free to call us on nine four one nine zero one double five, or text us on zero four double eight. 
So, Graham, you've got a box full of goodies goodness, there. Yeah, sure, sure. I think you yeah. might have the... Is that the world's biggest apple that yeah. you have in there? <laughs> right. I'm hoping he might leave it behind. He might <laughs> forget it and I can eat it. Okay, half each. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, Yes, that's uh, they call that one Monty's Surprise, oh. uh, and uh, it uh, was a New Zealand apple. They actually um, t- took a whole lot of ap- ap- apples over to uh, France, and they did an, a, an assessment of them for things, uh, you know, different chemicals. This one had the most flavonoids, do you call them, and, and, and the most uh, antioxidants mm-hmm. of any of the apples that mm-hmm. they tried, and they tried, you know, quite, oh, quite, quite a thing. few, 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 few apples. That there was that much difference. Yeah, mm. that, that's right, and it's quite a significant difference. They they, 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 they stated in their, their research paper, but uh, uh, it's a little bit on the. Uh, uh, bland side, I think it probably you know some 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 of the newer varieties have probably got a little bit more more, more flavor flavor than that, but uh, the size of them, as you suggest, they be that that miniature one I had run was a real really big, almost a pumpkin size, and so got on the local paper, the leader in Doncaster you, 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 you used, used to be, and I had my photo in the paper with my big apples. So was, you know, <laughs> So Monty's surprise. I used to have a horse called Monty, and he would be very surprised to eat. He'd be delighted. (laughs) What else have you got there? I've also also got a sapote. Oh, okay. That's what what they call a a, uh, white sapote. There's the... Common, common names go around. I think it's a Sapodilla, if you, if you want to give his, his right name. But planted him seven, seven years ago. He's up about five metres, I suppose, the, the, the tree now. And it's loaded with these, must have, you know, 30 different fruits on. They're a little bit, uh, what do they, they call me, a climate denier sort of thing? Because <laughs> yeah, they're a subtropical plant, aren't <laughs> yeah, they? That's yeah, right, that's yeah. certainly sub, subtropical. My, my custody apple this year, Merrill, uh, was a performer. Again, probably that was about eight years old, and it hasn't had a lot on it, but it had about 20 fruits on this year. Whoa. Custard apple, they had lovely black seeds in the sweet, sweet sweetness. They're something else. My mouth uh, is watery. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of these, this one come, comes from Brazil, the eastern Britain. Brazil, it's a native too. Uh, and is uh, that ripe there? No, I, ripe I think that's that a little, little bit early to pick it, to tell you the truth. Yeah. In, in, in the book, they, they say pick them when they're green and they will ripen, but I think I'm asking a bit too much there, sort of thing. So, uh, what uh, colour okay. will that change? Yeah, well, it, it will go creamy yellow when it's At the moment, it's yeah. green just like my tomatoes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's a good, 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 good and, one. And sorry, just to yeah, keep yeah, harping yeah. on about the sapote, because I've actually yeah. never eaten one. What, yeah. what sort of fruit is it? Is it soft inside, or do you eat it like an apple? Sapote, I've got my note. Let's see if you excuse, excuse, excuse me. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, I can't find some I know. I know that they are a beautiful tree. Mm-hmm. I have seen the tree by itself. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, it's really pretty. I'm surprised that it actually does do well in Melbourne. Yes, me too. Probably not every year, but okay. In a favoured year. Yeah. Sweet and juicy, they describe better. I think they said something about passion fruit flavour in there somewhere. I think. Yeah. But yeah, the other ones I've got there just to keep on the the. Subtropical theme, theme, if you like. The, 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 these are guavas. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if, if you 
uh, two wooden m- m- mind you give me an appraisal they're, they're there if you just you know b- b- bite into the one of those <laughs> over, over, over oh, the top there here on, yeah, sure on, sure oh yes that's tangy tangy the other one we have is of course the strawberry guava oh, yes. this, this one they this is a strange term they, 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 they call, call it the yellow strawberry guava which is a bit of a, <laughs> a, a, a I think a, that's a, the a, nicest a guava I've ever eaten e- to e- tell e- you e- the e- truth exactly it's, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, sort yeah. of soapy no, it's, that, it's that's got true. a really sure. yeah, 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 almost a, a citrus some, tangy some the, flavour the ones that come from the tropicals and you know they're really sort of soapy like you say mm. and the the, the strawberry guava itself, I think it, it, you, you might know, it's, it's got a little bit of a, uh, it, it gets away and it's a, it escapes from gardens. It's a bit of a, 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 a worry as far as a... Uh, but they're usually uh, very prolific. We have yeah, a couple of bushes. Oh, that, that, that's true. So, so much so. But I think it's better than the st- strawberry guava or the cherry guava they sometimes call. Uh, just you know, the sweetness of that, it's just good, got a good, a good flavour to so it. So what's this it? one called again? It's a yellow Strawberry guava. A yellow yeah. strawberry yeah, guava. Well, I mean, highly recommended. The botanical name is Pisidium. Yeah, so, so yeah. rounder than what I would consider a traditional guava. Yeah, that's and true. Yeah, 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 it's, it's uh, so minor, good minor, for, minor, good for uh, domestic-sized gardens. Yeah, sure. Mine yeah. is about two, 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 two metres, two, two, two point five metres, something like that. But you make, make them. A lot of things that people out there, you know, I know husbands have got a bad, bad, bad reputation of going out and doing too much pruning, but a little bit of tip pruning on, mm-hmm, you know, yes. your, your natives as, as well. So and that would be, you know, any time of the year, maybe get. In, with the orchard days, we get paranoid about all the decisions what you do it in the winter time. Well, not so with peaches and apricots, nectarines, cherries. A little bit of tip pruning sorry, make, makes it gently, more, 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 more bushy. Sure, yeah. Yeah, gently, and that'd be an ideal one yeah, sure, to keep yeah. in a pot. I would yeah, imagine yes, in, yeah. in, in a courtyard sure, because yeah, sure, the sure, sheltered sure, conditions yeah, of a courtyard sure, would yeah, really yeah, yeah, ensure. That's true. And they're quite decorative plants. Is it a prolific fruit? Yes, it certainly is, and that's a good question because you you really to get that size, you've got to thin the things out. It gets too too many fruit on for its own good, if you like, sort of thing. So when they're about marble size, I go through and and probably sometimes you pull pull off probably 80 percent of the little 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 guys. Now that's another good thing to do with kids, isn't it? They love stuff like that. Would that be useful to do? for the strawberry guava as well? Yes, for sure. Okay. Yes, yeah, that, that, that thin them right down. If you had yep. a good, good year, like uh, good rains and stuff, my strawberry guava at home, it's got too many on to all, all together for its own. They're very small. But like you say, with the blueberries, the, the, the flavour can be pretty good with little small ones. You've got the uh, you know, patience to, to pick, pick, pick them all and eat them out. Mm. But... Uh, no, it's, I, I, I like that one. And uh, again, because of my climate denial, you know, <laughs> I tend to put them in a niche that's uh, like my custard apple. It's got a, a brick wall facing the west and a brick wall fa- facing yeah, the north. Perfect. It's in, in that niche sort of thing where it gets yep. protect, protection from southerly breezes and also warms up with, with the sun, sunshine. Yep. 
and uh, so, and with a little, and he's, he's pretty good to guava. You can, he doesn't need, you know, a special knee shield. He's pretty well universally in 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 around Melbourne. He grows very well indeed. Where yeah. where the frost is not too heavy. Yeah, that, 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 that's a point. Sure, yeah. sure. Another another one there. That, that's a babaco. For listeners, it looks a little bit like a pawpaw. Mm. They, they mm. get about to a, that, a that, that, that size of little yeah, yeah. ridge. That, that, that's a good description. And uh, again, that one comes from I think it's Ecuador, South America. Uh, I think uh, they say what they uh, read, read a nice thing that just came to mind. Then it's a bit uh, from my custard apple. They said it's it's up about. To, to, to 200 metres from sea level in, the, in an area that's, uh, uh, you know, tro- tro- tropical, cl- cl- close down to the coast. But uh, the, the, the uh, custard apple should be able to see, to see the snow, but only to see it, not to be in the snow. But this one again, it's. Oh, babaco. It, it, it comes up on a single stem and it has you know, abundance of fruits ha- ha- hanging down. It's a little bit on the bland side, to tell you the truth. It's, uh, I think in New, in New Zealand they thought they'd make a commercial thing of it and they planted it to, to you know, do, do a second uh, key, key refruit operation, but it didn't really take on because it just the, the flavour. They kept on breeding and trying to improve things, but uh, it's a little bit on the bland side. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but sure. I imagine it would look quite amazing. Yes, that's true. Did it does look. No, 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 no. I know. I've never seen even. I've got possums around the place, of course, and but they just hang like that sort of thing. Like you say, it looks quite attractive. You get an abundance of them hanging one little ring sort of thing and up a little bit. And the possums don't go for it. No. There you go, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Anything that possums don't like, we're we're very keen about. (laughs) Well, thank you for that, Guava. That was delicious. Yeah, it's my word. Another, um, well, a native that's fruiting at the moment, a lot of people are getting into their bush tucker plants, uh, and something that is really yummy and useful in the garden is the midgen berry which is the oh, Ostromyrtus dulcis oh, yes. and yes, yes, Ostromyrtus tenuifolia got, yes, got one or the cross yeah, which yeah, is called uh, oh, copper yeah. tops I think it's called okay. and that's yeah, like yeah, a sure. very yeah. small no, not very small. It's like a slightly small blueberry size. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah, soft sure. like a blueberry, mm-hmm. and the, the, yeah, it's sort sure. of light purplish with darker purplish yeah, flecks. So yeah, it's a very right, pretty yeah. fruit yeah, and yeah, very yeah. useful, yeah, uh, yeah. quite prolific. Yeah, right, the, sure. the plant is yeah, very yeah. ornamental. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a low, sprawling yeah, yeah, shrub true, true, to yeah, maybe yeah, 60, yeah, 80 yeah, centimetres, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and small leaves, generally. The, f- the fruit is quite small. This fruit yeah, is yeah, small, yeah, correct. Yeah, sure. But yeah. lovely for garnishes. Yeah, it's fantastic. Or put, put putting on the muesli. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. a very yeah, one of those sure. what I would consider a useful bush tucker yeah. plant. Yeah. And decorative as and well. Decorative, yes. Everything. Yes. yes, yeah, yes, sure. yes. Okay. So uh, a, a really good one if you're trying to yeah, use a yeah, yeah, bit yeah. of bush tucker in your garden. So that yeah, was yeah, the, the midgen very, berry. Our two interests come together there, AB. They do. And me too, because um, I, I love the Physalis, the Cape gooseberries, which are oh, yes. delicious flavour. Yeah, yeah. um, yeah. Very decorative. But they're also decorative in the garden. And yes. they're really at their prime at this time of the yeah. year with their, their orange lanterns <laughs> hanging down. 
around them. That's so <laughs> Great true. fruit. Yes, I grew up in South Africa and uh, my grandmother had them in the garden. I yeah, spent so many an hour just standing at the bush stuffing my Gorging on them. <laughs> Take the little shelves yeah, off. So, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about uh, your interest and my interest, and if you don't mind, I just I, I, I thought that, that that should go down well well with AB, <laughs> in that uh, a, a doctor Andrew Lowe and his team in Adelaide Uni are investigating and identifying uh, and using a multi-million dollar m- m- machine uh, different co- co- comp- compounds and el- elements in in 200 Australian native plants. That's exciting. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, sure, that yeah. is exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in the yeah. edible plants? Is that the idea? Yeah, or? I, I think n- n- not only that, but... Exactly. Uh, and as far as they're saying, as far as analysis of the plants is concerned, our native flora plants have uh, been, been the forgotten, forgotten in the world, the forgotten flora of the world, I think they, 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 they call it. And, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, I think they were lo- lo- looking for, and as we well know, in, in plants you have, because in an evolutionary sense, they've got to protect themselves over the, yes. over the years. Mm-hmm. They, they build up things like antioxidants, antibacterial compounds, antiviral compounds. That's right. Who, who, who knows, you know, if there might be one of our, our Australian native plants that have got a antiviral uh, thing that would have helped us with this pan, pa, 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 pandemic. Oh, well, and, our, and, our First Nations people, our Indigenous people, yeah, knew a thing or two about well, the medicine in plants. That's very, 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 very true, true, true for sure. And uh, then they got on to uh, just uh, the bush tomato he's talking about there and saying that, uh, uh, you know, most of the edible plants that we have, fruits and uh, vegetables and stuff, they've been subject to thousands of years of selection. Yeah, and breeding as well. Joe Blow grows a batch of tomatoes and he finds, oh, there's one that's a lot bigger. That one more taste, we get seed from that. And maybe, you know, just gradually through all those thousands of years, things have been improving. Yes, we're playing catch up in a sense, but we're still. Exactly. Well, the, the, the guy was saying, you know, for say our bush tomato, we've been looking at sort of, you know, selection over the last 20 years sort of things about all that's ever had for improvement. Yeah. And there's so many things there that, uh, you know, you get some rapid generations going to for, for selection and in the breeding. Well, look at look at the change in carrots. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, they started that, out as wild true. things with yeah, fairly yeah, fairly yeah, untasty, yeah, tough yeah, little yeah, tuberous, and okay. now look at the yeah, carrots right, we've sure, got. Sure, sure, sure. That's so true. Yeah, and, yeah, and there's something yeah. like six thousand mm. Australian plants which are edible. Yeah. God, as, yeah. many, as many as that, so, my goodness you know, gracious. I, I stand at yeah, yeah, work at yeah, our bush food yeah, bench yeah, and we yeah, have yeah. quite a few bush yeah, plants yeah, there, sure, but even then I think, gosh, yeah, sure. uh, there's a long way to go. But I mean, yeah, things like uh, native true. celery, yeah, yeah, native yeah, parsley, yeah, yeah, uh, raspberries, yeah, yeah, yeah. Course, greens. Yeah, the finger limes, which are fantastic, yeah, delicious, and desert yeah, limes. Yeah. It's just, there's so mm-hmm. many. And I sort of break bush foods into two, you know, sort of broad categories. One, you're not going to die eating it, but you might not serve it to your dinner guests. And then the other category is ones that are really (laughs) Really delicious. Useful and delicious. You know, I mean, things like uh, Lamandra, for example, (laughs) using the the, the, um, roots of that. Or or just the the very base of the stem, 
which okay. essentially was mostly used as sort of a bit of a, a moisture sort yes, of thing yes, rather yes, than yes. food itself. Okay. And you can. You can just pull a lamandrosum out and chew on the base of it and it is very um, moisture rich. But it's not something that you'd put on the dinner plate. <laughs> Whereas something like the midgenberry, which we were talking about, or, or your finger lines, which of course are... Uh, very, very trendy. They are on trend at the moment. And they're, and they're pretty easy to grow. You can grow them in a pot, you can grow them in the ground. They're, um, they're fantastic addition to your, your bush food garden. You don't need to have a big garden to get lots of diversity. That's so true. You absolutely don't. Okie dokie. So let's have a chat with uh, Rose in Thornbury. Good morning, Rose. Hello. Hello. Sorry, got caught you in a mouthful then. Caught you by surprise. <laughs> oh, not really. I just have my phone on. Um, oh, I'm getting feedback on the phone here. I uh, just had my phone on speaker. Anyway, hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you and especially Graham. I've missed you so much. Oh, that's we that's all have. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. very nice to hear you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Such a pertinent time to be talking about new life and preservation of life. Um, this weekend, not that I'm religious really anyway, but a lot of people are. Yes. Um, and I want to say thanks for your intro, Graham, regarding trees Good. Um, and the need to plant them. As, as yes. individuals, we can only do what we can do, you know. Yes, yes. yes. but it all does help. Mm. For sure it does. But mm. the sad fact is that our government, Vic Forests, is cutting down our forests at record speed and it's really criminal. People don't really realise that because it's really? off the road when they're travelling in the country. And yes. it's just, we really do need to get behind our forest defenders and understand that this is actually really criminal and it's so important because because of our fires and our floods and everything. And then this, and we can actually stop it. We can actually stop it. Mm. So it would be awesome if people could get behind them. And there's a government-owned plantations you're talking about there, is that right? No, the government, well, the government are cutting down our forests, our, yeah. our uh, native old-growth yeah. forests. Mm. A lot of it's to do with pulp for, for paper manufacturing and yeah. to send wood chips overseas, yeah, which is yeah, just sure. unnecessary. Mm. It's unnecessary, and we can... To, we need to transition to plantation timber, mm. for, you know, because we're taking the habitats of all our beautiful native uh, animals, our, yeah, our gliders and, and our, our bird life. Exactly, yeah, yeah, sure. So, but look, the actual real reason I'm calling is about our um, pollinators and how essential they are because you've been speaking about bees. Yes. I might have missed a little bit. I'm not sure if you've spoken about bats, but bats are extremely important for yes. our pollination purposes. Yes. And there is an actual ban on fruit tree netting. And I know someone rang up a few weeks ago uh, who was a bat expert, uh, Lawrence Levy, and he spoke about it. But I'm just wondering if people, and just a reminder that September the 21st, fruit tree netting is being banned for domestic use. That yeah, that, that's and the so old that, style netting, so just sort of, yeah, the, the, the yeah, old so style the netting. One, so it's anything with five millimetres or more space, it mm. will be illegal. Um, that's a, a good sure reminder. Gonna, mm. I'm not sure how they're going to police it, but I think it's really important that people try and do that 
Um, our government, they've decided to make this call because they've realised our native wildlife is getting caught up in it and can lead to a really tragic death. Um, and we need, we need, we rely on our pollinators, so we should be looking after them. Mm. I'm just wondering if we could just, obviously, I have reminded people, but I'm also, I'm a bit worried about the actual, um, disposal of it because even in a tip or wherever it goes to, Hmm. Um, the animals can still get caught up in it and it's, you know, I've seen snakes get caught in that and lizards get caught in it and it's, it looks excruciatingly painful. I have actually rescued a couple of birds from it myself. But anyway, if people can be consider that, I think they're hope, I'm hoping there's going to be some sort of campaign to make people aware of hmm. what to do with hmm. it and, and everything. But I'm wondering if you've got any great ideas on how we can preserve our fruit um, on our trees rather than use this sort of netting and you know if you've got any if anyone's got any great tips that'd be awesome for everyone now rose yes. you can actually get netting uh, to cover the whole tree which has an extremely small diameter hole yes. and yep. that is useful to put on after the pollinators have done their work and the fruit yeah. is starting to set so that mm. that is that is available and uh, really useful and very long wearing as well yes, it doesn't it, is. it doesn't break down durable. it is yeah. yeah very durable and then you can also get individual sleeves yeah so the little can, bags little they're great bags, they're, they're really good they're not so useful maybe the bags for keeping the rats away uh, the paper bags but the, yeah. the ones that are made out of that fly wire mesh certainly do the yep. trick and again they're extremely durable they're easy to put on and take yep. off uh, they last for years so there's the certainly ways around it and of yep. course there's so many dwarf fruit trees available which are now, great which yes. is much easier to net the whole tree in a safe way or, or you yeah. can use the, the little sleeves or even make up the little sleeves yourself yeah. to sort of suit yeah. the length of, of the branches the branch, that you yeah. want to protect yeah. and and the sleeves are a great idea because there's some for you, enough for you. You yeah. can protect the, the amount you want and then share the rest with. <laughs> I agree, yeah. You can actually make them. Yes, you can. You can make them yourself out of old, the old curtains, you know, those old yes. lace curtains, yes. which is a great way to use them up too. Uh, that's so true and that's it's a little bit waterproof, so when it, when it rains yeah. it's not going to sort of yeah, sure. start um, yeah. Yeah, inhibiting... Yeah. In, Trapping the water yeah, in amongst yeah. decorative. It's decorative. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there you go. Good idea. <laughs> the, the other one, yeah, ro- the other one I was going to say, Rose. Excuse me. It's just uh, they have another benefit though with that fine mesh in that it can keep some of the in, in, insects away from your fr- fr- fruit as well. Yeah. And, I mean, and uh, it's uh, great after you let the pollination happen, of course. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, and know, great for protecting your brassicas yeah. because yeah, okay, the cabbage yeah, sure. whites can't yeah, get through yeah, it, yeah, yeah, sure. which is good. Yeah, yeah for sure. Good okay. food for thought, Rose. Good point. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Yeah, really, um, lot, lots of food for thought there. Uh, so now, what... Ah, Meryl, I definitely wanted to talk to you because uh, you are closing or you've closed country farm perennials. So well, take we us haven't, through what's happening. No, we haven't closed it really. Um, what we've done is ceased production of the perennial plants for shipping out in green form, growing form, mm-hmm. and we're switching country farm perennials uh, into our seedscape body, mm-hmm. um, which is shipping out by mail 
seeds of hardy and unusual perennial plants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's been a bit of trouble with, uh, well, we've had to resort to doing personal deliveries to people to ensure that the plants have been getting to people nice and fresh. Oh, yeah, it's been a bit tricky with the It has been tricky other, with yeah, because yeah. of the, the flood of yeah. online shopping, which is yeah, perfectly understandable. Big, big one, yeah. um, but people, it's also out of interest because people are getting really interested mm. in starting plants mm. from seed. It's just mm. so much cheaper. Mm. You can produce as many as you wish, you know, keep as many mm. as you wish and share with other people. Mm. And there's so many seeds that really are quite easy germination. So it's one of the good things. I keep trying to focus on the good things that have come out of COVID. And yeah. people's interest in raising seeds has yeah, been one of them. And yeah. it's, it's a hugely growing yeah. area. Yeah. So from our point of view, we decided, well, it meant that when we were allowed to, we could actually go away because the seeds don't need yeah. to be watered twice no, a day. No, that's true. <laughs> and <laughs> they're extremely light to lift. And they're very, very engaging. So we're, we're sort of switching over to dispatch of hardy perennial plant seeds. And uh, it's a fascinating field. So, no, we haven't closed. Good. We've just changed direction okay, a little okay. bit. And were there any arguments about which seeds to save and which to let go? Oh, look, I'm just shocking. I keep them all. (laughs) I I have a very acquisitive nature. I just want them all, basically. So, yes, it'll it'll also give people access to a much wider range of plants than we could actually produce in in growing form. So... We're really excited about it. It's going it's to be great. It's just so, so good to hear that the unusual bit that you're putting in there is, you know, with the supermarkets and stuff, they've got such yes. a lim- limited range you go to, the it's big bar- the barn and, yeah. you know, f- for those interesting things. And there's a plethora of you know, different plants around the place, aren't yeah. there? Yeah. You know, and, and, and just, just for well, people, people to be maintaining the unusual ones. That, I think, you know, I think so, that's so part of so the growth of the interest yeah, because, yeah, yeah. because the sort of commercially available range is shrinking all the time. People are interested to diversify yeah, out sure. into yeah, more yeah, unusual things. And we've always yeah, been yeah. on about getting the right plant for the right place, you know, having access to plants that suit your area, suit your needs, suit your district. And uh, by focusing on the seeds, we're able to do that. Yeah, very good. Yes. So it'll give people yeah, access to a much wider yeah, range of yeah, plants. Yeah. yeah. So, but still go to the same website, obviously. Yes. Yeah. The the website at the moment, because this is all in transition, we're still finishing up our retail orders for our perennial plant people, the, the dispatch of the the growing plants. So the website still looks the same just at this moment. But we're hoping our friends will stick with us and watch us over the next few months as we convert it over um, to all of these unusual and much bigger range of seeds. So it'll actually be fascinating entertainment as I write it and put up the pictures and <laughs> be able to watch it. And then we'll, we'll reopen it again as soon as it's all ready to start. Dispatch of the seed, yeah. Well, well done. Oh, well, That's it's a great exciting. use of the garden too because, you know, we've, we've over 33 years of, of producing the, uh, the, the growing plants. We, of course, have planted up in the garden. So yeah. the garden's a huge resource for us yeah, now sure. as well. And do 
can people still come and look at the in, plants? In there? the spring, in we'll have the garden okay. open. Yes. Yeah, so how wonderful. Yes, we, we're not open to the public all the time, but mm-hmm. certainly mm. in the spring, we want to open the garden and mm. give people a look at all these plants. So, mm. yeah, huge mm. transformation in the garden as well. So, yep. exciting times for us. And busy. busy <laughs> and well. very busy. Yes. Oh, well, you'd be bored Different if you busy. weren't busy. Yes. <laughs> but it won't be such heavy work, which yeah. is good. Yeah, yeah. See that it's an important thing for them to come, like the, the person with the dahlias. Yeah. You, you can, can come and you see that yes. plant. You see it can and I how have, it can grows. Can I seeds in that? Yes, you can. You yes, know, that's so right. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating a, area. Very good. Yeah. Uh, someone has text in asking where they can find Easter daisies. Which, oh, um, I'm so sorry to tell you <laughs> that we we have a massive collection, wonderful Easter daisies, <laughs> and we've just closed the website for for sales of them. Um, We'll certainly have some seeds available in the spring and there's a lot of daisies which are native daisies to various environments and so again you can choose a species Easter daisy um, that will give you all sorts of uh, different qualities and they're very beautiful. They're often quite fine and dainty and lacy. But the the old hybrid ones, the uh, Nova Anglaise and the Nova Belgies, um, which are what most people think of as traditional ah, Easter daisies. Not Astors? Astors, yes. Okay, Astors, Astors yep. indeed. Yep. Sorry, I should have given the full <laughs> name. So Aster Novi Anglais okay, and Aster okay. Novi yeah. Belgi, although many of the Astors have changed their botanical name. The botanists just like to keep us on our toes and they've reclassified a whole lot of them, but most of us just go along with Aster. It's so much easier and, and, and we all recognise what we mean then. But just be aware that some of them have changed their botanical names recently. But uh, hopefully they'll be able to share, other gardeners will be able to share those of um, Easter fates and things like that because they're in full flower at the moment and they are spectacular. Mm. And we've been talking a lot today about insects and pollinators, etc., Boy, do they love them! Because <laughs> yeah, it's a it's nice. a whole <laughs> smorgasbord of flowers yeah, yeah, all in yeah, one yeah. one spot. And you mentioned the natives, and the one that's extremely similar to the asses is the the brachys cone. Yes, yeah. of course. And that's flowering its head off at the moment. Exactly. And mauves and the light mauve, dark mauve, purple, yes. white, even yellow. Yes. Uh, so that's a fantastic uh, flower that's flowering yeah, over all, Easter, yeah. and also yeah. the zero chrysums, zero chrysum bracteantum, and there's yes. a bunch of different colours. So they're the more traditional mm. paper daisy oh, yeah, uh, type yeah, things, but there's ground cover forms mm. and low shrub forms, and, and they flower. Oh, oh my goodness, I swear, they just flower throughout the year. They yep. just yeah, never yeah, seem sure. to stop flowering. And, and this is the great thing that we're just so much looking forward to with the seeds. We'll be able to supply people with so many of these different things that it's been you know, really quite hard to get a diversity of. Yeah, sure. For sure, absolutely. So, but yes, there's plenty of plants that are flowering now. Little daisies, yes. I should say. Oh, absolutely. They could be classified as Easter daisies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're not Michaelmas daisies for us. They are that's, Easter daisies. That's right, that's right. Now, someone else has texted asking if they can prune their lemon tree now. They... Um, 
pruned it a bit earlier and it's kind of shot away now? Yeah, and can sure. they start pruning now? Probably, probably not. It depends on your on your frost area. It's getting a but, few flowers uh, yeah, now. It's best really to w- w- wait until the springtime, probably after the frosts are finished, probably yes. o- o- October, and you can give them a good cut. The danger if you prune them hard back now, the, the, that encourages little new, new shoots to come out, and, and they're vulnerable to, 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 to frost, you know, knock knock off. So I think that would be better leave that one. It's an interesting one with, uh, I was going to, one of the things that was coming in, I, think, like I, I could mention for those people out there, yeah, they get uh, gall, gall wasp in mm. their citrus yes, trees, yeah. and if it gets too bad, why not t- take the bull by the horns and cut your lemon right down, sort of thing, if yes. it's just, just right through. And, you know, you can cut a, a citrus tree down to, uh, uh, you know, th- th- 30, 40 centimetres from the base, sort of thing, right off. There's always dormant buds there. And yes. You know, wait, wait, shoot, 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 shoot out again, and then try and, you know, uh, whenever you see the, the gall was chip, 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 chip it out, be, be, be vigilant and and watch your trees. But uh, some trees, of course, you can cut down and they haven't got those dormant buds at the, the end of the tree. But with the citrus trees, you can regenerate them. Yeah, and and it's a great way to yeah, keep sure. citrus trees in pots. You know, we keep yeah, thinking about thing, good sure. things we yeah, can yeah, grow yeah, in pots. Yeah, you don't have to have lots of space to to have a a productive garden. Your, yeah. your, your dwarf varieties. I was yes. going to and Garden yesterday and looking through there, I think they've got about 30, just counting 30 different varieties of uh, fruit trees, dwarf fruit trees available. Oh, you know, it's, which uh, is so yeah, good. It's great, great for people. And they're you know, so you, much you, easier yeah. to handle yeah, and sure. pick yeah, 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 yeah. and, you know, net yeah, if you yeah, have yeah, to net exactly, them or, exactly. or just keep un- good eye on them. unwieldy tree that you've got to get ladders to get up or to, 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 to prune and to thin and to harvest, you know. It's uh, so much, it's, it's a great thing that people have got there yes. at their fingertips if they want. Yes. Seriously, nothing as satisfying as having harvesting yeah. your own food and yeah. fruits and veggies from the garden. No, it's so much fun, isn't it? And there's absolutely no doubt about it. It tastes better. I don't care. It does taste better. Our cherry tomatoes are going off at the moment and it's amazing what happens when you feed tomatoes. And they've just kept going and going and going and we just stand there and we recently had our three-year-old granddaughter Sage uh, staying for a couple of weeks and she would just stand there and eat them straight off the bush. Oh yes, it's so good. good. You don't mind the children ravaging the strawberry patch because it's all good for them. That's exactly right. Now we're running uh, through till uh, quarter past and goodness gracious me, we have been yakking on and on and on and on (laughs) and I thought I would just get to, uh, very briefly, I'll go through some of the plants that that I've brought in and uh, you should be able to see uh, the small specimen and occasionally the mature specimen on our Instagram page. Uh, so these are all natives uh, which are and people love weeping plants and yeah. they're, they're a beautiful so addition to the garden. Yeah, you don't necessarily 
think of natives as having that sort of weeping mm -hmm. form, but there are, of course, mm -hmm. like the um, yeah. eucalyptus caesia, the silver yeah. princess. That's oh, probably that's one, one of the, the most world's well most beautiful ones. plants. <laughs> yes, it is. It, that's a that's yeah. a truly weeping plant. And, and I should mm -hmm. note out that the the silver princess has got the different foliage when it's young yeah. to when it's mature. So when it's yeah. young, it has really big, yeah. almost um, yeah. side yeah. plate yeah, size right. leaves, yeah. enormous yeah. leaves, and yeah, then right. as it matures yeah. and grows, it's it long, develops lovely, lovely. the long. I've brought a few in. So the first one is the uh, Bacchia linifolia yeah. and or the weeping Bacchia. Strangely. So this mm. is probably a medium sized shrub, gets to around about sort of between one to two metres tall mm. and probably about, about a similar width, probably about two metres wide, maybe one and a half, two mm. metres yeah. wide. In the Myrtaceae family, so the same mm. family as uh, eucalypts and, and other things like that, so it doesn't mm. mind a bit of moisture, okay. doesn't mind mm. sitting in a bit of moisture, but conversely, if it sort of dries out, it's not going to be a problem. Tough, tough, tough. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it is really tough, and it has um, extremely sort of long, delicate, as the name suggests, weeping stems with the tiny, tiny white... Uh, it looks like it's flowers. covered in snowflakes. It is, yes, it, it does, and it's flowering at the moment, and they're really long flowering. I've seen them in gardens and they're really eye-catching. Yeah, so they'll yeah, just yeah, be sure. covered yeah. in flowers. So that's Bacchia. So B-A-E-C-K-E-A and linifolia as in sort of elongated foliage. Thin leaves. Yes, the thin, <laughs> the thin leaves. So that's... That's one, uh, a small shrub form. And I, I suppose I should just say with the weeping plants, you sort of, you don't really want to prune them too much if you can no. get away with it. You just want to let them do their thing, don't yes. you? Yeah. But sometimes we can sort of get in the habit of, um, we always just want to prune, 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 prune yeah, and tip true. prune and everything. Yeah. And, and that can be useful in lots of situations. But in, in these um, weeping yeah. plants, let, let them yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah let them, just let them do their thing. Um, one of the ones which I want to um, briefly mention also is the Acacia cognata because mm. there's so many different forms of it. Aren't there? And they're so decorative. Oh, my goodness. And the foliage colours are so useful. They are. So this one I've brought in is Lime Magic, so magic with a K. And it's a essentially a small tree, probably getting to about five-ish metres. Uh, very dense canopy. Uh, so if you're trying to um, if you're trying to screen your neighbours or, or a bad view or something like that, it's really useful. Lovely. Bright green um, lime. Y yes, yeah, very limey foliage. Soft, soft look to it, isn't the exactly. tree? It's beautiful. Exactly, yeah, and yeah, of course yeah, that yeah. also has it. Um, the typical wattle uh, yellow flowers yeah, as well. But mm. with the cognatas, then there's also things uh, people might know, like the yeah. minicog mini and yeah, sure. the limelight and, yes. yeah, yeah, and yeah, fettuccine. Yeah. And these yeah, are ones yeah. which sort of get to around one and a half-ish yeah, metres tall yeah, and yeah, wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they always remind me of, um, mm. um, for people who know the Magic Roundabout, which was an English show, yeah. uh, there was a dog called Dougal and he was a shaggy yes. dog. And for some reason, the, like, the minicogs always remind me of a, a of a green doogle <laughs> and, um, and acacia probably prefers a dryish yeah. position T tough things very uh, I, I, very I, I, I very play tough bowls these days there's a great gum tree outside and they, they, they put these mini cogs around so I think you talked about, about little little dome shaped guys but nobody ever waters the things and they just hang in there yeah uh, do uh, their uh, thing I build they're, they're decorative and hardy yeah good, and, good, and good that plan. is one of one of the good yeah. key messages 
messages about native plants is do not overwater them. Like most of them, you put them in, you water them in once, especially if it's a, 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 a you know a tree or a large yeah, shrub or something like yeah, that. Sure, yeah. Water them a couple of times and then just leave them alone. Yeah, they they, they, they do, really do don't thing. like being no, overwatered. No, 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 sure. mm-hmm. uh, a third one that I brought in is the um, it's a form of Agonis flexuosa or yeah, the uh, yes. native peppermint. Uh, so uh, this yes. is a WA yeah. plant. Fantastic plant for growing in sandy soil. Like yes. absolutely Loves gorgeous plant. Loves perfect drainage. Correct. Perfect drainage. Uh, the, the true form, just Agonis flexuosa, is already really weepy. And then mm. there's a couple of smaller forms. The one I brought in today is Agonis burgundy, as the name suggests. Yeah. has that burgundy foliage. Yeah. And the, that will probably get to about... Oh, probably about six-ish metres, I would say. And then there's a form called lemon and lime, which is sort of almost variegated, um, lighter green and darker green foliage. So, um, yeah, really pretty plants to have in the garden. Again, that's quite dense. It has... uh, White, small white flowers the whole way along the stem, very similar to the Beckia flowers, uh, but a really great uh, addition in the garden. And I think the last one, before we better hightail it out here, (laughs) is the Mayaporum floribundum, which is the slender bubiala. And this is, um, it sort of gets to probably around two-ish, maybe three metres. And I've put a semi-mature, a photo of a semi-mature version up on Instagram as well, or Liz has, so thank you to Liz. And um, it is truly spectacular. It has quite wide, horizontal branches with, with the leaflets coming off it. And again, those uh, branches will be absolutely covered in these dainty little white flowers. Uh, word of caution, though, it smells disgusting when it rains. Ah. The whole part, it really it smells so disgusting. So you should not put it next to your front door. Put it somewhere where you Way down appreciate the back. it. Yes. So, um, yeah, so they're, they're my few weeping plants, which I think can be a wonderful oh, addition yeah, to the garden. Sure. Very nice. So and the, those little birds we've been talking about can get in the centre there and be quite protected. Be quite protected and happy, exactly. Yes. Well, guys, so um, hopefully you will all have a wonderful Christmas Sunday. Any particular plans? Ah, out into the garden. The weather's just perfect. Yes. And there's a lot of, you know, trimming back you can do now. The the weather's milder without creating too many problems. Yes. Meryl, when the nursery finished, I scanned a lot of uh, uh, wall wire and couplings and I made myself a big cage and, and I've got a fig, a mulberry and a cherry tree in there. All the ones and you really yeah, want they, to protect. They, they, to protect so <laughs> yes. At the moment I'm getting in there and having a feed of figs. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, look, thank you so much. Thanks to Graeme Morrison and Meryl Johnson for coming and really appreciate your it's knowledge. It's lovely and to be back. <laughs> and thank you to our producer, Doug Humbert, for all your hard work that you do. And yeah. until next week, it's bye from the Garden Show. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.